Let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we're going to get into this uh, message. Brand new sermon series on Call of Duty, spiritual warfare. Today we're going to talk about some rules. We're going to get ready for this. Okay, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you, God. You're all over for blessing us by, by your presence, God, just gracing us with with your presence to be with us today, God, uh, assuring us, Lord, that you are here. And the battles that we faced this week, God, when we felt so alone and, and felt like uh, no, one, no one else even knew what we were going through, God, you just remind us, by your presence showing up, you've been here all along. I thank you, God, for that. And I just pray, God, you please help, help someone today, Lord, that's been, God, somebody that's been accepting defeat or accepting a little bit less than total victory. I pray, God, you stir within them a faith today to believe, God, that that you you have a bigger dream. You have a bigger dream for them than they've been living. You have something more awesome for them than than they've ever imagined in their life. And God, it's within their grasp because, Lord, you've already taken care of it. I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, listen. Y'all going to be a little more excited than that, right, about this message. Heard somebody already said, said they saw the message on the sign. They said it's either going to be good or bad today. So I hope it's good. I, I told him, I said, I hope it's good because you're the one got to sit here and listen to it. So I hope it's really good. I hope it's good. All right, so spiritual warfare, call of duty. Every one of us has battles, right? Is anybody that doesn't have battles, maybe you need to come preach instead of me. I mean, every one of us have, have, have battles, struggles, things that are going on in our life, things we have to deal with. Every one of us do. And so every one of us needs to fight because you got a battle. And if you don't fight, what happens? If there's a battle going on and one side isn't fighting, guess what's going to happen? The other side's going to win, right, by default. So we've all got battles, and if you don't fight, that means you lose. You lose by default because the other side is fighting, and the other side is going to win if you don't fight. So, so all the stuff going on in your life, you just go ahead and, and decide right now, if you've given up, if you decided not to fight, if you're just going to let it go, you're going to lose. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to lose. You're going to lose unless you listen, unless you do. I, I want to I tell you, I don't want you to lose. God doesn't want you to lose. I mean, you know, he wasted a, wasted a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of time, a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of love, a whole lot of blood on the cross. He wasted if you lose. He doesn't want you to lose. I don't want you to lose. So I want to share with you over the next few weeks about, about fighting this spiritual battle because every one of us, every one of us needs to be fighting because if you're not, you're going to lose. And today we're going to talk about some rules, just some first things to get in your mind. We want to get our mindset. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you over the next few weeks. I'm going to talk to you about some of the weapons that we have. We just sang about one of them, the blood. The blood. Why is the blood powerful? Why is it important? Why? I'm going to tell you that in a couple of weeks. But before we get there, we need to get our minds and our hearts set and ready to, for this, this spiritual warfare. I mean, because it's not just about, you know, the uh, soldiers that are defending us in Afghanistan today and have defended us throughout the world over all these years. It wasn't just about getting their bodies ready. They also had to get their minds ready. So I want us to get our minds and our hearts ready today with this message and some rules. And, just, and the first thing that you need to understand is, is something from, this was a story, and, and you know that I love the Old Testament because the Old Testament are the stories, are the pictures of everything that the New Testament is. He gave us the pictures of it, and he said, now let me, t- let me tell you what it is in the New Testament, and we got all the Old Testament to go back to and look at the pictures. Here, let me show you a picture. Uh, the Israelites are coming under attack from, from a foreign army, and, 
and the king Jehoshaphat is told, is told, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is the, this is the word of the Lord. This is what he says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's the first thing you need to understand. You will never fight a spiritual battle that belongs to you. It belongs to God. His, every battle is his. I'm going to tell you at the very end of this message why it's his. It's not yours. Every battle is his. Okay, so you need to get that. That's one of the very first things you need to understand is every battle is his. You, you, need, to, you, you need to grasp this. But here, here, here's the thing is, even though the battle belongs to him, you still have a huge part to play. And if you don't play your part, you're going to lose. If you don't show up, if you don't do your part, if you don't fight your part of the battle, you're going to lose. Even though the battle is his, every battle in your life is his battle. I'll explain that, just a little bit of that at the end of this message. But if you don't do your part, so let, let's talk about what our part is. And, and you know, the, the very first thing we need to decide is if we're, if we're going to win this thing. So let me take you to some words of Christ. Christ talked about, uh, you know, a king that is uh, coming under attack. He says, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able to, with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? Now, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be prudent? I mean, if you've got an army coming against you with 20,000 soldiers and you've only got 10,000, wouldn't it be prudent to sit down and say, now, wait a minute, can our 10,000 whip their 20,000? And if not, then what do you do? Well, Jesus goes on and says, well, then, you know, you start buying up presents. You start sending them out to the king of the other army and say, hey, let's work this thing out, right? I mean, that's what a king would do. Here's the truth that is behind this. Don't start a battle that you can't win, okay? Don't start a battle you can't win. Now, that sounds like pastor's already backing off this thing. Sounds like he's already saying, okay, hold up. No, I'm saying don't start a battle you can't win. And that that sounds like I'm I'm being negative here, but no, you need to understand the other side of this. You need to count the cost. You need to take inventory. You You need to decide, do I have the strength in me to do this? And what if you didn't have the strength yet? Then maybe you go get... You go hire 10 more thousand soldiers, right? If you, don't have, if you don't have the strength yet, you go hire 10 more thousand soldiers. Or maybe you, maybe you arm your soldiers a little bit better than the 20,000 that are out there. But you do something. You count the cost. But don't ever start a battle that you're not capable of winning. But here's the good news. is God is not only capable of winning every single battle in your life. He has already won every single battle in your life. So, so when I say don't start a battle, understand you can win every single battle if you'll do, and there's some rules I want to give to you this morning if you do all these things. But, but let, me, let me show you this just a little bit. Because when the Israelites left Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land, you know, God had given them this big, huge promised land, but they have been living in slavery. They'd, a lot of them had forgotten that they had a promise, a land, a land full of promise, that God had said, this is your land, and they were living in slavery. And, and just as, as they were just leaving it, Early on, he says, uh, God says to them, see, I've given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land. The Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. He says, I've given you the land. They've just left Egypt. They are not even at the land yet. And God says, I've given you the land. This land that you are about to go and possess, I've already given it to you. Now, now 40 years later, when they get there, they, the, the very first city they're going to encounter is Jericho. And they've got to take Jericho because this is their land. And before they go, they send a couple of spies into Jericho, and they talk to a lady, and some of you remember this from some of from my messages earlier, and they talk to a lady. This is what this lady says who lives in Jericho. 
she says to the Israelites, she, she says, I know that the Lord has given you this land and a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. God had already put a fear in their enemies. There was already a fear. God was already there working. Before the Israelites showed up, they were still on the other side of Jordan. They had not even come into, into Jericho yet. And there was already a fear that this is how God is working. It's where you think, you know, I've got all these, I got all these uh, battles and things that are coming against my, my family and, and, and things that I, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Understand, God is already there working on that. He's already won the battle for you. But you say, well, but, you know, I don't know. Is that really for me or is that, you know, is it every battle? Let me take you to one more scripture. Because I just want to make sure, you know, because I know you're not Israelites today. And some of you say, well, maybe, that, maybe those scriptures aren't for us. No, those are just encouraging scriptures. Let me show you this one right here. Psalm chapter 103, verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over. You got a battle this week? Guess what? His kingdom rules over that. Somebody sick in body this morning? Guess what? His kingdom rules over that. You know, you got kids in rebellion? Guess what? His kingdom rules over that. You, you got a past that you can't get past so that you can have your future. Guess what? His kingdom rules over that. Any sin in your past, his kingdom rules over that. So whatever the battle is, he has already won the war. Somebody say amen. Okay, so let me take you to some rules now. I mean, that was one big rule. Don't start, but, but, but let me take you to some rules here. And, and the first rule that we have today is don't ever start a battle. I'm sorry. Thank you for taking me to that, for reminding me of that. I, I, I really need to tell you. I really, I really want to share with this with you, but I also want to tell you this and need to tell you this. Is, uh, I, I know it may, say, it may sound like, well, then what do we have to do? Why, why do we have to do anything? Because, you know, it's automatic. It's almost, it, it, a victory for us is as automatic as a Usain Bolt victory in the 100 meters. Y'all know who Usain Bolt is? Anybody? Yeah, I see his picture right there, right? Uh, six foot five, 207 pounds, the fastest man alive, uh, born August 21st, 1986 in Trelawney, uh, Jamaica. He has three gold medals in the Olympics from, from previous Olympics. He has three world records. He has five world championship gold medals. I mean, when he shows, it is an automatic win. All Usain Bolt basically has to do is just be there when the gun sounds to run the race. It's an automatic win. You don't, you don't have to worry about it. It's going to happen. And he ran yesterday and, and, uh, in, in the first preliminaries for, for this Olympics. So he hasn't won a gold medal yet because it's just the preliminaries. So, but but he's, he, he made it to the next step, which is going to be sometime later today. And you probably will see it today on tape delay. You know, you know what tape delay is? Anybody, anybody dealing with tape delay? You hear the, you know, I accidentally heard something the other day. And I thought, oh, I didn't want to hear that because I was going to watch that tonight, okay? And so, you know, Dave and I, we were sitting there watching it later that night. And I was thinking, you know, and I was trying not to let her know that I already knew all these medals that had been won. This had been won, and we're going we're gonna to lose this one. Now, I tried to not let her know. Now, Bob Costas, you know, the NBC guy, you know, he's sitting there, and he knows, every, he knows everyone that's already won, right? Of course, I do too at that point. You know, he knows all, but, but if you don't know him, it's you're sitting there, and this has happened five, six, seven, eight hours ago, and you're saying, come on, swim, swim, right? You know, you're, you're, you're getting into it. You say, come on, you got to do it, and, and it's already over. You know what I'm talking about? It's like watching, you know, it's like watching a, a football game, you know, uh, over and over and over. And every time, you know, the, the guy fumbles, he's saying, if, you, if they just hadn't fumbled, we'd have won that game. And every time he starts running around the end, you say, don't fumble. Don't. And you know he's going to fumble. You know, it's kind of like that. You know, it's kind of, that's how, that's how the battles in our life are. Is God 
kind of like Bob Costas, he already knows how it's going to turn out. It's you and I that are dealing with a tension of, come on, we got to do it, we got to make it. And so that's where I'm at today. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, come on, you got to swim faster. Come on, you got to run harder. Come on, you, you got you, you to gotta, you gotta think about this thing. As, that's, that's where I'm at today. I'm saying, come on, God already knows how this thing is going to turn out. And if you do your part, you're not going to lose. Usain Bolt, Usain Bolt, I mean, it, it, it's an automatic. Let me, let me just show you one. This was his race from last year. Go ahead and roll the tape. This was his race from last year you're going to see in the World Championship. Usain Bolt. Go here and see it several times. Nesta Carter. Oh, no. Oh, no. The whole crowd will go. No doubt about the culprit there. Dan Bailey went with him. It's the first time I've ever seen Usain Bolt for start. And if I'm not mistaken, that was a false start. Usain Bolt, the defending world champion, world record holder, 9.58 seconds. But it looks like his time tonight is going to be disqualification. That is a really, really huge shock. The fastest man on the planet knew, everybody knew. Disqualification, you know what that gets you in uh, track and field in a run like that? Gets you a loss. It, it, you start, you don't, you don't get two chances. It's just one. He was disqualified. He is, he is an automatic win every time he shows, except something was, something was wrong in his head that day. Something that he just wasn't focused on. He wasn't focused. And the fastest man alive couldn't prove it that day because he wasn't focused. You know, here, here's, here's a little truth behind all this. It's the only thing that keeps you from winning a sure battle is yourself. Everything else was perfect there except Usain Bolt. Something in his mind, something in his head. You're going to lose unless you do what is necessary. The only thing that keeps you from this automatic win that God has already set up for your life, understand this, you, you already have it set up. The only thing that keeps you from the automatic win is yourself. So let's look at the things that we need to do. Let's look at the things that we need to, uh, the things that we need to put in our mind and get in our heart. So, so our, our first rule is never start a battle you aren't totally focused on, like Usain Bolt. He wasn't totally focused. And this is a story of when, they, when the Israelites, after they attacked Jericho, now they're going to go attack Ai. Look at this. Look, look, look at what happens here. When they returned to Joshua, they said, now they have, they have, they have searched out, or they've, they've done some reconnaissance for uh, this city called Ai, and they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Just send two or 3,000 men to take it, and don't worry the whole army, for only a few people live there. So about 3,000 Israelites went up, but they were routed by the few people the few men of Ai, who killed about 36 Israelites. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. The Israelites, their hearts melted in, in fear and became like water. Their hearts melted in fear. Why? Because they were routed. They were, they were the army. I mean, they were, the fear of God and the fear of them had gone before them. And I mean, they had an automatic win, and that's, that's what they thought. They said, oh, this is an automatic win. AI, yeah, just send three or 4,000 down there. So they sent 3,000, and 36 of them were killed, and they sent back. They were embarrassed. You know why? Two mistakes they made here. One is they were not focused. They were not focused on winning this battle. So let me tell you this. Make up your mind what it is that you want God to do for you in your life. 
You know, I know too many people who get an idea and they, they start saying, man, I'm going to pray for this. And they pray for it for a day. And they, they forget about it tomorrow. You know, kind of like the, I, I, you know, I'd like to have a bass boat. And I think, I, you know, would you help me pray for a bass boat? The pastor wouldn't mind having a bass boat. Y'all want to pray with me. You know, but, but you know what? I, I'm not going to pray for a bass boat every single day this week. I'm not going to be fa- uh, fighting for a bass boat. So, you know what? That's a battle I'm not going to pick. You know what's going to happen? If you pick a battle like that that you're not really focused on, that would be, you know, be kind of nice, but you're not really focused on, you know what's going to happen. You're going to get tired of praying about that thing. You're going to get distracted about other things. You're going to forget it. You're going to go on, and you've just wasted a whole lot of time. That's the way it is when you, when you start a fight that you're not really focused on. And you know what happens when you start a fight that you're not really focused on? I mean, you're you going to find the biggest, meanest guy in town and go tick him off this afternoon. And then forget about it, but he won't. All you've done is you've just ticked him off. And so in the same way, when, when you start a fight, when you start a battle that you're not really focused on, all you're doing is you're just angering the devil. And when you forget about it, he won't, he won't have forgotten about it. You've already started a fight, and now he's going to come. So, so the first thing is make up your mind what you want, the things that are important for you. And don't spend your, your prayer time on frivolities, stuff that don't really matter, stuff that you're going to forget about tomorrow and you're not going to be praying about tomorrow. Make up your mind what is really important to you. So, make, so what is it right now? What is it right now? What is the battle? Go ahead and name it. Say it right now. Write it down in your mind. Let, see yourself writing it down on a, on, a, on a big ledger somewhere in your mind. Get a picture of what is it. Maybe it's something about your family. Maybe it's something about your future. Get that picture in front of you right now. Go ahead, go ahead and decide what it is. You know, most every one of us already, you've got an idea of what the, the, the most important thing to you right now, the most important battle will be won right now. Write it down. Say what it is. Name it. Get that picture in front of your head. Choose what it is you want God to do in your life. The big battle, are you doing it? Have you got it? If you've got it, then we can go on. The second thing is, don't start a battle that you're not prepared for until you're spiritually prepared. The second, the second mistake that they made going to Ai, and we don't have this part of the story, and, and, and let me not give you all the details because I've got too much to preach here to give you details of all these little stories, but i tell you the second, second mistake they made when they went to Ai with those 3,000 men is there was sin in Israel. God had told them to do something specifically in a specific way, and they didn't do it. And because of that, that's, that's the second reason that they lost that battle. And so here's, the, here's something that God is going to do. When, when you begin getting ready for battle and getting ready to do spiritual warfare for your family or, or whatever the need is that you just thought about, God is going to remind you of some things that need to be fixed. Maybe you did someone wrong and you need to go back and you need to apologize. Maybe, you, uh, maybe you, you, you chose a wrong way some time ago. Knowing that God was telling you to go this way, you went the other way. Well, that's, that's rebellion. That's disobedience. And you might have to fix some things there. Or there may just be some things, and maybe it's not sin, and maybe it's just some things that you just need to strengthen. Maybe your prayer life's not what it should be. Maybe you're not reading the Bible like you should. Maybe you're doing like oh, I, I blogged a couple of weeks ago and posted on Facebook because I want to make sure everybody got it. I think I'll put it on Facebook and Twitter and blogged it. I want to make sure everybody got it. It's about how was church yesterday. I don't know if you saw that one. But how was church yesterday? Because just showing up for church won't fix your marriage. Just showing up for church won't rescue your friends from their drug addiction. Just showing up for church doesn't get it. You've still got something, something else to do. And so God's going God's to start telling you some of these things that you need to do. 
Some of the things that you're, you're, not, you're not doing is you're listening to the message on Sunday, but you're not dealing with it Monday through Saturday. I mean, the stuff that I'm giving you today is not, you know, I, I pray it's from God. And if it's from God, it's not just for these 30 or 35, 40 minutes that we've got together. It is something that you need to put inside of you and you need to hang on to all week long. And so God will share these things with you. And as he's sharing these things with you, you've got to do something with them. You've got to spiritually prepare yourself for the battle. Okay? Uh, the the next uh, rule is never start a battle you can afford to lose. Did you get that? Never start a battle you can afford to lose. If you can afford to lose it, don't start it. Because when the price gets to be a little higher than you were expecting, you'll give up on the battle. Only start battles you cannot afford to lose. Let me show you one in the life of David. David and his men, this is uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites, one of the great enemies of Israel throughout all of their history, the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had raided Ziklag and burned it and had taken captain, captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them but carried all of them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, They found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. This was a battle that was worth fighting. This was a battle over something that they could not afford to lose. Their wives and their children had been taken captive. Wives, children, yeah. That adds up. Yeah, that that meets the requirements of never starting a battle you can afford. I cannot afford to lose the battle for my family. I cannot afford to lose the battle for my marriage. I cannot afford to lose the battle for my children. I cannot afford to lose the battle over my grandchildren. And so those are battles that I'm always going, yeah, I'm always going to say, hey, it's time to start a fight here. This is one because this is a battle that I cannot afford to lose. And you know what, you know what David did? David gathered those 600 men and said, come on, we're going to get our, our families back. We're going to get our marriages back. We're going to get our, we're going to get our, uh, our children back. We're going to get uh, all, all of our people back, our, our wives, our children, our grandchildren. We're going to get them all back because this was a battle he could not afford. What, what battles in your life can you not afford to lose? Probably number one is that thing you named just a few moments ago. Whatever that is, that's probably a battle you cannot afford to lose. That's why it's so, that's why it's so important in your heart and your mind. Whatever battles you, you need to decide today, and this is the battle that you need to fight first, is the one that you cannot afford to lose. And if you've got, if you've got, if you've got battles out there that you can afford to lose, forget them. Get them out of your mind and only go to them. But go on further. Never start a battle you aren't committed to finishing. In verse 9 of that same story, when those 600 men went to get their, get their families back, David and the 600 men went with him to the Bezor Valley where some stayed behind. 200 of those 600 men were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. On their way, 200 of them, because they had already been fighting, they came back, found their wives and families gone. They get to a big valley. They're just too tuckered out to go on. And 200 of them stay behind. David says, okay, you 200 stay here. Me and the other 400, we'll go get the families. Now, David said, we'll bring your families back too. But you know what? Those 200 had to be sitting there, seeing David and the 400 marching away, going to get, and knowing that, now you, gotta th- you just got to think about this. There, there's some warriors going there with David. 
And those guys, they're, they are zoned in. You know, they're, they're zeroed in on getting their wives and their children back. And if they get into a battle, and if they get into this thing, and, and they can grab four or five people, they don't grab theirs, and I don't grab mine. So you see these 200 that are sitting back, you know what? They're hoping that they get it all back. They're hoping that they win the battle. They're hoping that things work out. And when you don't, when you don't finish, when you're not committed to finishing, you end up just hoping it all works out. But the 400 that went with David, they made absolutely certain that victory was going to happen. They were committed to finishing this thing. I'm sure, you know, and I don't want to get down on these 200 that just got too tired to go any farther, but I'm sure there were probably some in that 400 that were just as tired as some in that 200. But those 400 said, I'm not going to leave this. Come on, somebody. We need some men in this church to grow up and to grow some pants. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And maybe you've already got some and you just need to put them back on. Or, or maybe you've had yours on. I, I, I'm not saying that we, don't have, that we don't have any men like that. I'm saying, though, we need some men to grow up and be men again. We need some older men to teach some younger men how to grow up and be men again. And maybe some of, the, some of those were just as tired as, the, as these who had stayed in this place. But they said, I am not going to stand here and hope that somebody else wins the battle that is so much more important to me than anybody else in this world. They said, I'm going to make absolutely sure I'm going into this battle because I want to make sure when it is over, it is finished. The 200 hope, but the 400 made absolutely certain. Don't start a battle you aren't committed to finishing. And this is one I like the best. Don't start a battle. Never start a battle. But always finish it. Don't be the one that starts the battle. Be the finisher. Don't be the one that picks the fights. You just be the finisher. Look right here what it says about David. Uh, now they, they, found a, they found a slave of the Amalekites, and, and uh, he led David down, this slave did, to the Amalekites. And there they were. They were scattered over the countryside, eating and drinking, reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them from dusk until evening of the next day. From dusk until evening of the next day. And none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything. Somebody say everything. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. That's another discussion later, okay? Including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy. Somebody say nothing. Nothing was missing, including young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else that the Amalekites had taken. David brought everything back. Somebody say everything. Every, whatever has been stolen by the enemy, by the devil, whatever is, is captive now in his camp, you know, what I read here is I read an encouragement, you know, and, you know, and why in the world would God give us this, this message? Why in the world would it be left here if it was not for encouragement for us that the things that have been stolen for, uh, from us, we can also go back in his power and we can recapture, we can retake, we can receive, we can obtain, we can have again everything that has been stolen from us. Everything. All of it. And some of you, I'm tired of seeing you settle for less than everything. I'm seeing some of you, you're settling for it just being a little bit better. Well, my, my husband, you know, it's getting better. My husband's not yelling near as loud as he used to. 
Come on. Come on, somebody. Oh, you know, my, my, my kids, they're getting better. You know, they're off drugs. They're just doing alcohol right now. Come on. That's exactly where some of you are. And, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not just talking about those who have kids on drugs and alcohol or, or who, whose, whose husbands yell at them. I'm talking about you too. I'm talking about every one of us who is settling for anything less than the huge, big, beautiful dream that God has for your life. You're, you're, you're allowing the enemy to hang on to your stuff, and it belongs to you. And the battle's already won. I'm saying today, you might not have started this fight, but it's time for you to finish it. You see, because here's, here's the reality of this battle and, and, and how it all began in the first place, is we don't really start battles because Satan started this war. You see, if you're thinking about well, what battle, you don't have to start, the battle was already started. The war had, it was already begun by Satan. And that's why every single battle you fight belongs to God. It's because you didn't start it. Satan did. And he started it in your life. And that's why it belongs to God, is because you belong to God. And everything you are belongs to God. And so even your battles belong to God. So God takes this thing personally. And you know what? It's time you and I take it personally as well and realize that we didn't start this. Come on, somebody, but I'm going to finish it. I didn't start this mess in my, in my marriage. I didn't start this mess in my finances. I didn't start this mess in my life that is destroying my future. I didn't start this mess in my school that is pulling so many of my friends away. I didn't start this, but, but by God's help, grace, mercy, power, and his blood, I'm going to do everything I can to see this thing finished. I don't start battles, but I finish them. And it's time we finish some battles. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Decide today. How long has it been since you've had a win? I, I, I don't mean, you know, some, some of us just happy. I saw, I saw in the Olympics last week, somebody just needed a tie to get into the final round in soccer. I don't remember which two teams were playing. And they just kind of kicked the ball around. I mean, it's like the net wasn't even there. They didn't even care. All they did is they just kind of kicked the ball around the whole game because a tie got them to the end. And that's the way some of you are living your lives. Like a tie is going to get you there. Well, as long as it don't kill me, I'll just live with it. And God is, and God is giving you victory. And you're saying, as long as it don't kill me, I'll just live with it. And God is giving you victory. You're so, you're so living. Some of you are so living below the promise that God has for you. And it's time for you to man up, sir. It's time for you to be the man of God he called you to be and decide, I'm going to have every single thing. I'm going to have everything that God chose for my family to have. Would you stand with me? Come to the front. Let's close here this morning like we normally do. Amen. Come on, press in. Prayer team, go ahead and get ready. Jesus. My... My sermon today was not about needing others to help you pray. That's coming later in the later week, okay? But you need that. And before you hear the message, you already know you need that. Before you hear the message, we've already got the prayer team members here waiting to help you. So if you've already marked yours down and you know what yours is, don't pray alone. Go ahead and grab the hand of somebody.
Come down and let one of these prayer team members. Let me tell you one thing before you move forward. Every one, every one of us has a battle. The difference in the winners and the losers are the ones who are willing to do their part. Let me take you to one last, one last little verse of Scripture right here. You remember when the Israelites left Egypt and they get to the Red Sea. They get to the Red Sea. They've been slaves for generations and generations. And they get out of Egypt. They, they say, you know, we're, we're done with slave life. We're going to our promise, that promised land. I'm, we're going to our promise, what God has given us, all this stuff. Land full with milk and honey, a land just awesome and wonderful. We're going to our promise. We're getting out of this slave life. They get to the Red Sea. They can't go any farther. There's a sea in front of them. And the army, the armies of Egypt are behind them. And now it's like, what are we going to do? They can't fight. They're, they're not military men at this point. They can't fight. They, they can't whip the, the chariots of, of Egypt. What are they going to do? And God says this through Moses. He says, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Wouldn't you love to just take that as your promise today? The battle you've been facing today, you're never going to face again. Wouldn't that be, wow, that's powerful. But what does he say? He says, what is their part? Just stand still. Oh, okay, pastor, I don't have anything to do. I just got to stand still. No. You got to remember what they did before he said stand still. Three million Israelites, Jews, walked two and a half weeks, 100 miles, to get to a place where they were at the dead end and they had gone as far as they could go. And then God says, stand still. Still, you have something to do. There's something you've got to do. Something you have. You're not. At, you're not at your. Probably most of you are not at your dead end yet. Where I don't know anything else I can do. Where God says stand still. You got something to do. And you need. You need to decide. I want that. Come on, somebody say I want that as my promise. In these next few weeks, you need to say I want this as my promise. That the battle that my family's been facing, the battle that I've been facing. I want that as my promise that, that it's going to end sometime in this sermon series. It's going to be over. I want this as my promise. You know what you need to do? You need to get fed up with living below victory. You need to get, you need to get sick and tired. Like somebody said, get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Some of you need to get sick and tired of the stuff that you've been going through. You, you, need, to, you need to decide right now. You need to, you need to go ahead and decide I'm ready for some victory again in my life. Come on, somebody. Who's ready, for, who's ready for a victory in their life? Who's ready to quit fighting the same battle over and over and over? Who's ready, to, who's ready for God to say, this is it. It's over today, right now. I'm about to handle this thing because you've done everything you can do. And God says, now step back and just stand still. Oh, man, that's what I want to see him do, don't you? I want to see him do. If that's you. Come on, move down. Come on, move down. Go ahead and let this prayer team member start praying for you. Bow your heads. Close your eyes with me. Let's start praying. Come on. Just let somebody pray with you today. Come on. Thank you for start, starting to move. Thank you. Come on down. Let somebody pray with you. I want to pray with you right now, but I need you to pray for yourself. I need you to let somebody else pray for you. You don't have, even have to tell them that thing you've named, but if you can, tell them that thing you named as your miracle that you want, as that battle that you want to see won, as that battle that you want to see, uh, that you want to see the victory come in. Come on, name it right now. Let me pray with you. Jamie, lead us. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing to you.